0: Christ is risen. Indeed, He is risen. Happy Mother's Day to all our mothers, our grandmothers, our godmothers, to all the ladies who have acted in a motherly fashion, to anybody. I wish you all the most blessed day and a blessed birthday to Pawnee Kelly. She's having a milestone birthday this morning. I told her this morning, "You, you always will look the age when I first met you, Many years ago at that little Mexican restaurant, I just came back along with the other prisoners from our community in St. George and Spokane, St. Cyril Methodius, from the tonsuring of now Father Theodore, Father Theodore is from Olympia. It was a wonderful experience. And this is the first time I didn't have any responsibility. This is my second one for a tonsuring. Uh, of, of, of um, making his formal, his final vows. And so I got to just experience it, whereas before, the first one, I was helping out with the master of someone, and I, my mind's always going, what's next, what's next, what's next? I couldn't just sit there and take it all in. So we began the liturgy with the monk out in the narthex. And we started the liturgy just like we did this morning, all the way up to and including the uh, the, the Tropar and the Kentuckian, you know, those hymns that tell us why we're here today. And then we stopped. And then the Hergumen, he came out and the priests, they gathered around. And brother, at that time, Theodore, would come in and make a prostration before the Hergumen. And he would begin a dialogue. One of making sure that he is giving his free consent to this new life that he's entering into. So he was asked a number of questions. Are you going to live your life this way, this way, this way? Yes, Lord, with the blessing, with the grace of God. He would keep, Father, with the grace of God, he would keep saying. But that wasn't enough. To prove it, scissors were brought in and put on a gospel book. Because he needs to get tonsured. But to make sure he was doing it freely, the Heragumen would say, pick up the scissors and give them to me. And he would hand them to the Heragumen, and then the Heragumen would say a prayer, or or actually a catechesis, and then throw the scissors or drop the scissors back in the Bible. Then he would say, give them to me. A second time, Brother Theodore would pick them up and hand it to him with yet another exhortation. And this would happen a third time. Now, I know one monastery, uh, the Holy Resurrection Monastery, where the Herogumen would take the scissors and throw them. And so the monk would have to run up and pick them up to show that he freely chose this life. No one forced him. He had three times to deny, but he accepted all three times. And with this consent, we began. There was great prayers. And then he was put on... After he was tonsured, and his hair is long, if you ever see his pictures, and that guy's got long hair, and, and Father Joseph wasn't ashamed to take big locks of the hair from him. He would cut in the sign of the cross on his head, and then he would take and put on the, the minor, the lesser scapular, the paramandia, so the paramon, which was a sign of his monastic life. It had a big cross on the front, the symbols of the Passion because he would be made now a stravophor, which means a cross-bearer. And so he would carry this giant scapular. He would wear it underneath his vestments, or his uh, podryaznik, during great events, liturgical services. It's a sign that this is the life he has chosen, to carry the cross of Christ, and to be obedient and humble, striving to live out his life in prayer and fasting. Then he would put on his podryasnik, which is the cassock, Then his riasa, which is the cassock, And then he would put on his kamalavka. Well, he had a belt too. A kamalavka with the veil. He was given a hand cross, a sign of his profession, and a candle. And at that moment, he was no longer Brother Theodore, but he was now Father Theodore. He was just a caterpillar out there in the narthex. But when he was done, he was this beautiful butterfly, this angelic being. He was no longer the same person, nor would he ever be the same person again. I was amazed as I was listening to this word. I can't even articulate to you what I was experiencing at that moment. Gathered with everybody there, witnessing this great event where a man is going to dedicate his entire life, and he's a young man, so he's got a long life ahead of him, where he's going to pray not only for his own salvation, but for that of the whole world. And so when he was done, he was escorted to his bench, where he would spend out the remainder of his days, living a life of prayer, of fasting, and praying for you and for I. I was overwhelmed, and I think, what was the, what's my response to this? I can't speak for anybody else but for myself. What is my response to this? It was just welling up. We'll put a pin there and come back. In our gospel today, we are going to hear what the response is. We hear about the man who was born blind. Never before, since the beginning of the world, as the Scripture says, has anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. Jesus sees the man. He doesn't even ask if he wants to be healed. He just heals him. You can see the recreation of man. Just like from Genesis, when, when God took clay and breathed the breath of life into him. He was given this new life. And right away, He starts getting beat up. How did this happen? There was division. The person that did it's either of God or not of God. They yard him off to the Pharisees, and they grill him. But he stands strong. Not even his parents will come to his defense for fear of the Jews. But he's been transformed. He's no longer the same man He was. Now He's telling the Pharisees, well, I don't know if He's a sinner or not, but I know He opened my eyes. We know God doesn't listen to sinners, but if He does God's will, God will listen to Him, telling Him He's got to be from God. Of course, they throw Him out. And Jesus finds Him. And we come to the point of the great miracle The greatest miracle, the greatest thing about this gospel is not the fact that he got to see physical eyes. Not the fact that this blind man who was usually begging stood up against the Pharisees. The great miracle would take place in the very last few words of the gospel. Jesus says, do you believe in the Son of God? Yes, Lord, who is he that I may believe in him? And Jesus says, it is he who is speaking to him. And the great miracle is that the man got to fall down and worship God. He got to fall down and worship God in the flesh. As a man right there, he didn't have to worship God through Abraham. He didn't have to worship God through Isaac or Jacob, he didn't have to worship God through the person of Moses or through the sacrifices, he worshiped God directly in the flesh of Jesus Christ standing for him. That is the great miracle. The great miracle is the ability to worship God. That's what you and I were created for. That's the great gift we've been given to the response of life we've received, is worship. We come back to that pen. Brother, Father Theodore now is sitting at the side. We're all going, we've seen a transformation. Never have I seen anything like this before we say to ourselves that a man that was blind in the narthex now has new sight. And a response is the same as the angels. We break out into the angelic hymn, holy, holy, holy are you, O God. And begin to celebrate and praise God and adore Him in the divine liturgy as we continue on. That is our response to liturgy. That is our response to life. Augustine would say that praise doesn't just belong here in the temple as we're gathering. He would say in the gathering. It's got to be taking place outside as well. And we praise God every time we strive for the virtues. Every time we show kindness, and goodness, and love, and forgiveness, and mercy, we are showing praise of God, because we were created in His image and likeness, and we were created for adoration, and He gave us those laws to follow, and in those laws, fulfilling them, we worship Him. Not just in here, but in the everydayness of our lives. What are these that we can do? What is it that we're called to do on a daily basis? Well, St. Paul will tell us what these are in Romans. Let your love be without hypocrisy. Reject with horror what is evil. Cling to what is good. In love for the brethren, be tenderly affectionate with one another. Place the honor of others above your own. Do not fall back in zeal. Be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Endure in troubles. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Look for opportunities to be hospitable. Bless those who persecute you and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind one towards another. Do not set your mind on exalted things, but associate with the humble. Do not think that you are wiser than you really are. Repay no one evil for evil. Show respect for what is honorable in the sight of all. Do not overcome be overcome by evil. Instead, overcome evil with good. When we do these things, we are showing praise and adoration of God outside these walls. Then, we are authentic Christians and we can come in here and worship honestly our living God and fall down in adoration before Him because we find ourselves oftentimes becoming blind, thinking we are wiser than we really are. Our response to life, to the gift that we've been giving, is one of adoration. That's the great miracle of you and I. That God allowed Himself to be seen and to be known and to be touched And now to be consumed in the Holy Eucharist. Our response is adoration, is praise, is glory. And we sing as the angels did, Holy, holy, holy are you, O Lord of God, of hosts. Heaven and earth are filled with your glory. So let us fulfill our life that we've been called to. Let us be men and women of praise and glory and adoration of God in everything we do. That young monk is a new creation. And he says, according to the rubrics I read at the end of the, of the uh, ritual, it says he's to spend the next week in the temple. He doesn't have to do any work, just praying and reading And being filled up with the divine life. And then He will go out and do His work. He is a new creation. And you're recreated every time you come here and receive the body and blood of our Lord. You're recreated with new eyes and a new heart. And your response should be, glory to God. Holy, holy, holy. That's our response. One of adoration because God has made himself known in the flesh of Jesus Christ. Christ is risen.